0: Hello, and welcome to the NVIDIA AI podcast. I'm your host, Noah Kravitz. Ever since the internet went mainstream, people have been struggling with perhaps the ultimate question, what do I call my website? What domain name do I register? But almost as quickly as that became a question in people's mind, the secondary question sprang up. What's my domain name going to be worth? A week, a month, a year, or whenever I'm done with it and might want to pass it on? Well, thanks to AI, we have a better answer to that question than ever. Joining us today is Jason Ansel, Senior Principal Engineer with GoDaddy. And uh, Jason's here to talk about how they're using AI to help you figure out what a domain name might actually be worth down the line. Jason, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. So, uh, first things first, what do you do at GoDaddy?
1: Um, so, I'm a Senior Principal Engineer here at GoDaddy, and I uh, use machine learning and deep learning uh, to try to help small businesses uh, compete uh, in an increasingly technological world.
0: So how does your work play into not only helping me as a small business person pick the best domain name, but also, let's say I want to speculate on the domain name market. How does your work play into that?
1: Yeah, so the, the domain name aftermarket is a really interesting thing, and and it's been growing a lot in recent years. If you have a domain name and you want to sell it, You can go to GoDaddy or uh, a website that GoDaddy offers called Afternic, and you can list your domain name for sale. In the current experience, there will be this box where you have to enter in uh, what the value of the domain name is. And if you're an expert in domain names, you've been in the domain name industry for a while, you you, you have a pretty good sense of what to enter into that box. But it can be very, very hard for a small player or an individual who's maybe selling their first domain name to know uh, what a good value is. So uh, in the last year and a half, we've been using deep learning to try to model this market for domain names and predict what a domain name will sell for. And our deep neural network is currently about 25% better than a human expert. So we can give this small player in the market uh, advice about what to ask for, and or if they're buying, we can give them confidence that they're getting a good value and help Uh, these sort of little players uh, compete with these more experienced domainers.
0: So you said uh, your system currently can predict about 25% better than a human can. Can you break that down a little bit in terms of, I'm going to get a 25% better value for my domain name, or just kind of walk me through the experience. I'm registering uh, Noah's amazing widgets.com. What happens? So the way to think about the
1: value of a domain name is what would itself be? At GoDaddy, we operate the largest aftermarket for domain names. Uh, So we have lots of data. We have more data about what names sold for in the past uh, than anyone else.
0: How big is the market, roughly?
1: Uh, So if you go to GoDaddy today, you'll see tens of millions of domain names uh, listed for sale. And not all of those domain names sell. So looking at historical sales... There's millions of sales, and you can divide those sales into different types. So there's sale models where you auction a domain name in a short period of time, and there's sales models where you list a domain name for sale and perhaps have a haggling process to arrive at a price with a buyer.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so I'm I'm typing my domain name into the box, and what happens? We will take that domain name.
1: Domain names are an interesting problem area because... There's aspects of natural language processing in there, like domain names consist of words, but they're not really sentences. And there's also lots of pieces of a domain name that aren't words that are important to take into account. You know, for example, if you're looking at some domain name .com, if you're using a housing analogy, your neighbors are the .net, the .org, uh, the .info. So just like in how housing, like if your neighbor is a vacant house, you know that's probably bad for your value. And if your neighbor's a really nice house, it's good for your value. Right. We can look at how each of these neighboring TLDs is being used. We build a vector embedding to model every use of those things. And we also use natural language processing techniques. So we use an RNN, a recurrent neural network with a vector embedding of words, and then we take the output of that rnn and we feed it into a fully connected neural network where we incorporate these other features that aren't uh, associated with the individual words in the domain name
0: so when you're talking about natural language processing for something like domains and you you gave the example of you know to use your real estate analogy location is everything and you've got these different dot extensions mm-hmm. i've noticed in the past you know 5 years let's say there've been trends where there were a lot of websites that used Dot .us at the end, for mm-hmm. instance, and and would use those to create a, a word, an English language word that people recognized. Um, delicious was the one that comes to mind, right, with the mm-hmm. dot .us at the end. Do these kinds of things, these little plays on word and language and, and domains that don't use vowels, for instance, that kind of thing, do those throw a wrench into your modeling process and how you approach natural language? It almost seems like you're looking at a uh, colloquial offshoot of English, for instance.
1: Yeah, and and it could be challenging in that the language that one uses for domain names, it's sort of like English or or whatever language you're using. But there's definitely uh, the way that words are used in domains is a little bit different than how they're used in sort of natural language like books. And so what we do is uh, we build our own vector embedding to create a language model for the way language is used in domains. And we do that using a different data set where we actually take the list of every single domain name that's registered, which is hundreds of millions of domain names and we use sort of a word to vec skipgram type model to uh, train a neural network to start guessing domain names where you'll give partial domain names and the neural network will have to guess the rest of the domain name. And over time, you build a, a language model that represents how things are used in domain names, where, you know, in, in sentences, like the letter I has one meaning. But if you put I at the beginning of a domain name, it, it has a little bit of a different meaning than than uh, in English.
0: Different connotation. Totally. Yeah. That's fascinating. Um, so let's go back a little bit and, and talk about your background. Um, when you were a kid, did you know you wanted to be a... Uh, machine learning expert working with the different connotations of the letter I and domain names. What? How did you get into this stuff?
1: Yeah. So I, I was interested in, in computer science very early on. And so I uh, was teaching myself C++ uh, when I was in high school and I and, uh, was definitely excited about it. I uh, got a PhD from MIT uh, about four and a half years ago. And my PhD was on the boundary between compilers and programming languages and machine learning. So I was doing creating new programming languages that allowed uh, programs to adapt. So it's something called program auto-tuning, where we found that uh, the fastest program you could create was different on different architectures. So if you were on an AMD machine, you might want to run a slightly different algorithm than if you were on an Intel machine to get the the... the best performance. And so we, we created programs that could change and adapt to get the best performance on their specific architectures.
0: And so from MIT, did you go straight to GoDaddy or how's your professional career since then evolved?
1: Yeah. So, so towards the end of my doctorate, uh, my office mate at MIT founded this company called Loku. And so I was working part time for Loku and then doing machine learning at Loku. Mm -hmm. So uh, the machine learning I was doing there was trying to Model web pages and extract content. So take this sort of semi structured web content and assign semantic meaning to it. And then uh, GoDaddy acquired Loku, and, and that's how I, how I joined GoDaddy. And for a number of years at GoDaddy, I was uh, continuing that work of trying to model semantic meaning meanings on the web. And then uh, about a year and a half ago, I, I switched to a different team in GoDaddy and started working on this domain valuation
0: problem. Got you. Very cool. So as you mentioned, um, the domain market doesn't seem to be slowing down. There are tens of millions of domains registered and in use, millions more that are, are for sale right now, um, being auctioned off and what have you. Where do you see the, the domain market in general or even the specific work you're doing with uh, predicting the value for customers? Where's that all headed?
1: Yeah, so I, I see the domain name aftermarket only growing. You know, the number of .coms available is uh, is fixed, and and so there's not there's not going to be a new growth of of four or five letter .com domain names. Right. And and so I think we're seeing uh, many million dollar uh, or or greater than million dollar uh, domain name sales, and I think we're only going to see more in the future. And one thing that I really hope is that by using Uh, Deep learning to predict the value of domains, we can democratize the market and really just grow it in general, where if we make it easier for people to participate and and act intelligently in the aftermarket, then you can start seeing just regular people start investing in domain names and, and viewing domain names as an asset class that they might add to their portfolio.
0: And without either giving away any of the the AI's secret sauce or putting you in the role of a stock analyst, so to speak, any tips for uh, the first time uh, domain speculator?
1: Yeah, so I think I think it's uh, the model for a domain name investor is you buy a lot of domain names and you expect to sell some small percentage of them. So, sort of a more successful domain investor might sell you know five percent of their domains in any one year. So I think it's about finding domain names with good value and uh, making a lot of bets just because you need to make enough purchases such that that sort of the law of averages can cut, cause you to do well in the market.
0: Right. So GoDaddy obviously has a wealth of data about domain registrations, domain sales uh, available to you. And I understand uh, you're using it in kind of a unique way uh, with a, a tiered approach to neural networks. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah,
1: so we have lots of different types of data. And so, as I said before, there's um, looking at all sales combined, where you're looking at millions of of data points. And then, if looking at listings, you know, this person decided to list this domain for sale and it it didn't sell, you're talking about tens of millions of data points. And then, for, for all domain names, hundreds of millions. And within each of these categories, Um, there's different subtypes. So there's, you know, you want to model an auction a different way than you'd model a a thing where you listed it for sale and waited for three years. And uh, similarly for listings, it matters who's listing it because people have different strategies and um, also the time. And so the way we use all these different data sources is we actually have a tiered approach with a total of 11 neural networks. So we have neural networks that model the different markets. And those those neural networks will use vector embeddings to represent different what we call contexts. So uh, the idea is that a sale that involved negotiation and haggling over the phone will have one context, which will create a vector embedding for, um, and will also create vector embeddings for different years because the markets change over time. And then we also have models that predict Uh, list prices. So what would this person list for versus what this, uh, another person would list for. And uh, we model the probability of sale. So, you know, if you look back in the history of a domain name, you might have something that was listed for $4,000 for one month. And then the person decreased the price to $3,000. Then they took it off the market for a week. Then they put it back on the market for, for uh, something. So you have these sort of complex histories of different list prices and we train a neural network to basically say, okay, after this complex history, did it sell? Yes or no. And each of these different models can be very good at their specific problem. But if you start combining them and taking the output of some of these models, then feeding it into the others, you can create an approach that can have higher accuracy than models trained on just one data set. So the way we do it is we have sort of a first tier of neural networks that train on just one data source each. And then we have a second tier above that that takes the outputs from that first tier and retrains on, on each of these data sets. So you're training, trying to predict the probability of sale, um, but you have the uh, outputs of all these other models that are trained in different, different contexts. And then we have a third layer on top of that, um, which we call the calibration layer, and The reason why we need that is that our models are context-aware in their predictions. So we'll predict a different price for a negotiation that goes over the phone with haggling versus sort of a 30-day auction versus a, you know, what do we call a buy-it-now, where someone just clicked a button and bought it for the list price without haggling at all. And so the overall market is some combination of all these different ways a sale could happen. So what we do is we take... All of the raw predictions, basically every possible context a sale could happen. And we feed those into a third layer, um, which is also a neural network, which comes up with a uh, single prediction, which is uh, as representative of the overall market uh, as possible.
0: And so when you're offering advice, so to speak, to your customers, to would-be sellers, is it including the type of listing they should have, buy it now versus auction versus Buy it now versus auction, and is also including uh, the the length that the listing should be up there.
1: Yeah. So looking forward, one thing we might be doing next year is creating tools uh, for domain investors to help model the portfolio. We're basically saying, like, well, if you adopted this pricing strategy, here's how we think you're going to do. If you adopted this other pricing strategy, here's another thing you could do. There's also just general advice that's 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 really obvious when you look at the data. And so that's stuff like you should put a reasonable price on your domain names in that uh, a large number of people uh, either put extremely high prices on their domain names, which turns off a lot of buyers, or they don't put a price. They basically say like, hey, as a potential buyer, you have to make an offer. And so you should, uh, as a a seller of domain names, you should price all your domain names reasonably. You should have them configured so that a buyer can, with just one click, get that domain name transferred to their, their account. And then looking forward to next year, we might have some interesting modeling tools where we use these probability of sale predictions where we can basically say, you know, here's the graph where on one axis you have all the possible prices you could ask for. And then um, on the y-axis you have, here's the chance that you're going to get a sale in one year.
0: So then in your tools that you offer to customers when you're advising them, so to speak, on domain investing, Do you offer up specifics in terms of, oh, for for this domain or for your portfolio, you should use buy it now versus auction. You should use a low listing price versus a higher one. Do you get into that level of detail with the predictions?
1: Yeah. So the, the current offering that we're showing our customers is just showing one price, and that's the price that it's most likely to sell at. Internally, we have these probability of sale models. So we can generate graphs where at every possible list price, here's the probability that that domain name will sell. And from that, you can get you know one-year revenue maximizing prices, and you can create... All sorts of interesting tools where you can model a domain investor's portfolio and basically show them the trade-offs, basically saying, if you price this way, here's how we think you're going to do. If you price this other way, you're going to do differently. And in 2018 and in the future, we may be... uh, Exposing different uh, different tools like this to our customers to help them price their portfolios optimally. And, but there's there's just general advice that we're giving our customers today. And then that that you know general advice is uh, you should put a reasonable price on all your domain names. You know there's there's many people who either price far too high or they don't put a price at all, where they they're forcing their customers to make an offer and then enter a haggling process, which is slow and and can turn off a lot of potential buyers. And so our general recommendation would be put, put reasonable prices on all your domains and uh, configure them so that they can be bought instantly so that can, someone can click a button and, and get the domain.
0: So all of this leads me to a kind of a general question about the ability to use the models and all the work you've been doing. And if you put a different set of data into it, what might happen? I'm thinking about the psychology of buying and selling and where you price your offering in terms of the housing market, which is a hot topic where we are right now in the Bay Area.
1: Yeah, it, there's definitely a lot of similarities to the housing market and in, in how I think if you look at the Zillow's estimate, increasingly the Zillow's estimate is starting to impact the sale prices of houses where initially the sort of the, the directional flow of information was, you know, sale prices informed how the Zillow's estimate was built. Uh, but today, uh, it's it's bidirectional. Where if the Zillow's estimate is high, then your house is likely to sell for more, and if the Zillow's estimate is low, it's likely to sell for less. And one thing we're we're hoping will happen in the future is we'll start to bring more consistency to the domain name market. Where if you look at sales in the past, there's just a lot of randomness and a lot of noise and, and, you know, some buyers overpay and, and some sellers, you know, ask for too little. And, and as we just put more information in both parties' hands, we can make the the market more efficient and uh, more fair to everyone.
0: Great. So I know you've been uh, hard at work on a technical paper uh, submission to a conference. And I know some of our more technical leaning listeners are going to want to dig in on this. Uh, what can you tell us about? It?
1: Sure. So we've been working on a novel technique for generating what's called prediction intervals. So a prediction interval is a lower and upper bound. And the idea is that the true value will fall within that prediction of interval some target percentage of the time, you know, say, say 90%. So because we have so much data, what we found is that a lot of the prior published techniques for generating prediction intervals don't work that well. And uh, one of the reasons they don't work that well on our data is many of them assume uh, normally distributed error and others assume symmetric error. So basically the idea of being off by negative 100 is the is the probability of that is the same as being off by positive 100. And so when we're looking at errors, we we don't see... Uh, symmetric or normal data. And so we've come up with a new technique that utilizes our large amount of data to generate these prediction intervals. And the basic idea is that we train a deep neural network that outputs this lower and upper bound directly. So rather than trying to model the error, uh, we directly output the lower and upper bound And we use a loss function where we take the bounds that are outputted by that neural network. We then automatically scale them so they cover the target percentage of a mini-batch. And we use larger mini-batches for our other neural networks so that we have a better estimate of the coverage. And then the objective function is to minimize the width of that error bound. And so what we found is that Our technique, uh, depending on the target, so depending on whether you're trying to get uh, 90% prediction intervals or or 70% confidence intervals, our prediction intervals are 20 to 2x tighter than the prior published uh, techniques for generating these.
0: Very interesting. So how's that going to help you or our listeners investing in domains to make more money?
1: Yeah, uh so our current public tool just outputs a single number, but this will help people understand the uncertainty. And mm-hmm. so the idea is that there's some domain names where the price is, is the, the the price is pretty certain, so there's a pretty narrow uh window for what the price could be. And there, there's other domain names that are uh there's a lot more uncertainty where the the mo- maybe the model just is like you know it could be a, <laughs> could be a thousand or it 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 could be, you know, 10,000 and By outputting prediction intervals, we're able to help communicate the level of certainty that our model has to our customers. And so this also has has many implications in other fields. So um, if you're looking at stocks, uh, you could use this to model the risk in a way that isn't assuming symmetric errors. So that you know the chances of a a stock doubling are the same as the chances of a stock having. Um, which is you know, sort of a more sophisticated way of modeling risk. You can use it for modeling things like climate, where the risk of sort of some runaway scenario that gets way worse might not be symmetric uh, in both directions.
0: I love the idea that domain investing <laughs> is actually the key to solving climate change problems.
1: <laughs> totally. And, and I think it's really... Um, the revolution here is the, is the data and the, the size of the data. So you look at the papers that have been published in prediction intervals 10 years ago, and they're using data sets that are 1,000 samples or 10,000 samples. And the type of techniques that we're using just don't scale down that, that much. And so in this era of big data, all of a sudden... You can use really more powerful and, and different techniques that, that just don't work for, for the data sets yeah. of a few decades ago.
0: And is that that still accelerating in terms of your ability to get better output, crunch more data, you know, tweak your models as the tech is allowing you to do so? Is that still going to ramp up in the next few years?
1: Oh, definitely. I, I think that we're looking forward, we're only going to have more data And the computing power behind it is is growing at a a really fascinating rate, and so I'm uh, hopeful that we'll find sort of even better techniques uh, in the future.
0: Awesome. Well, Jason Ansell, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a fascinating look at um, everything from the you know the psychology of free markets to how you guys are are using the data. Uh, in ways that literally couldn't be done just a few short years ago. Listeners know GoDaddy.com, but if they want to find out or even get their eyes and hands on your domain appraisal tools, where can they go?
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. This was a, a lot of fun. And you can go and try out our domain appraisal tool by going to GoDaddy.com and, and clicking the the domain appraisals. I think the direct link is GoDaddy.com slash domain-value-appraisal. But, you know, if you search for that, you'll... you'll uh, find our tool uh, pretty easily.
0: Perfect. And the beauty of podcasting is listeners can just keep hitting that 15 seconds back button until they get it right. Exactly. Awesome. Thank you so much. Best of luck with all you guys are doing. uh, And thanks for being here. Great. Thank you.